What's up, everybody? This is Sydney, and you're listening to Friendly Fire. Welcome back to Friendly Fire. Y'all know me. I'm Sydney, and it's your boy D. Glasper. Welcome back. Um, here we go for a second time this week, which is what we aim to do uh, with this show. Um, a good bit has happened since Tuesday, since our last show was recorded, of course. Um, got game five of the NBA Finals, got that in hand. Um, Thursday night football was played, and we got some game NFL games moving around uh, since then, too. But uh, let's start with the NBA Finals, game five. Uh, Miami uh, got a second game on the Lakers, which in our initial predictions, we both uh, picked it going six. Um, So it's still on par for that. But the Heat with a a huge victory to keep their season going uh, on the back of Jimmy Butler yesterday. Yeah, um, Jimmy Butler was absolutely out of his mind uh, yesterday and has honestly been pretty out of his mind all season. I mean, all series. Um, Like, a lot of times you hear around, you know, that team um, with people that that are around the team, the coaches, the other players, um, that Jimmy Butler is the ultimate competitor. And I think that that's what you're seeing because like a lot of the stuff that we're seeing from Jimmy Butler um, is stuff that you think, oh, we don't worry. We don't need to worry about Jimmy Butler doing that. We don't need to worry about Jimmy Butler step backs and uh, definitely don't need to worry about him, you know, shooting the three or whatever. Um, And he absolutely he's been doing everything um that's there and then also you know staying in the floor of the offense and um keeping Miami somehow he's averaging a 30 point triple double over the last four games while still uh being able to keep the the Miami offense from looking disjointed like it looks it doesn't look like anybody's ball watching uh, even while he's getting his, he's, you know, he's always facilitating. And, you know, when it's time for Jimmy Butler time, it still doesn't, it doesn't feel the same way it does with other superstars, where it's like, you know that the ball is going to end up in this hand and uh, everybody else just get out of the way. Um, it's all about, hey, everybody else do your job and I'll do mine. And, um when it comes time to make the play for somebody else to do, to do their job, he absolutely trusts them to, um, even when he's in quote unquote takeover mode, he was moving like really well without the ball as well. So it just, he, he did a lot last night that, uh, won't even show up on the stat sheet, which, uh, is one of the most impressive stat lines I've seen in in an NBA finals, uh, game. So, uh, what, what'd you think about the game, Sydney? Um, just just talking about Jimmy Butler though, just keep uh keeping on that for a second. Um, Jimmy Butler is really opening a lot of people's eyes too, because even though everybody recognizes him as being a star in this league, um, no one he's never given us these type of performances before, especially not consistently, and of course, obviously not on this big of a stage either. So for him to be performing in this manner. 
And for him to be performing in this manner over three, four games and um, showing us that he's more than just the bottom of the barrel when it comes to stars in our league, especially offensively, because we know where he is defensively, but offensively he's been able to take or to show us a different level of his game over these past three games. Uh, absolutely. And to give the stat line from last night, cause we didn't give it. Um, Jimmy Butler had 35 points, uh, 11 assists, 12 rebounds and five steals and a block uh, only three turnovers and five of those 12 rebounds were offensive rebounds, which is uh, huge against that team um, because, you know, you really need every rebound that you can get against them being so undersized. Uh, so it was just a, a great, great all-around game for Jimmy Butler. Uh, but, you know, it and, still ended up being only a three-point game. It wasn't just him. Uh, so there are some, uh, some other guys, you know, that definitely stepped up. Um, Duncan Robinson had a huge 26-point game. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, um, his first half, he only finished with 14 points and three assists. So he had a terrible second half. But his first half, uh, he had 11. He went in halftime, 11 points, two assists. Um, so great spark off the bench from him. Um, you know, Tyler Hero hit. Uh, he was only four of 11, but he hit two out of his three threes. Uh, and then, you know, the time that they free throws right at the end to kind of seal it away. Um, after, you know, it was after the, the, the last play, the controversial last play, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a second. Um, Jay Crowder and Iguodala um, and their defense on Anthony Davis um, was great. Bam Adebayo, his defense on Anthony Davis was great, even though he didn't play well um, offensively at all. He had a terrible, terrible offensive game um, this game and the last game. So, um, you know, but it is interesting, you know, all the names I mentioned, you know, I mentioned basically seven guys, and that's all I played. Uh, Spolster only went seven deep this game. Um, so, you know, he completely shrunk the lineup, no Olenek. No uh, Myers Leonard. Thank God, no uh, no Solomon Hill. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, it was it was a good game from the Heat. I don't know how sustainable it is over the course of two more games. If it gets two more games, um, that team's not built to only run seven deep, um, especially with Dragic being out. When when none is your seventh, um, you know if it was if it was Dragic and not none, then you know maybe. But uh, even if Dragic comes back, he'll be limited. So I think you're gonna you know still have none playing some minutes. Uh, so uh, you know it was it was an interesting game though. Um, for and, sure. And of course, Anthony Davis and LeBron James they both showed up. Um, LeBron giving you 40, 13, and seven, and AD giving you twenty eight and twelve. Um, but there was a lot of a lot of missed opportunities per usual with this team throughout the playoffs uh, from three wide open threes that went missed uh, between Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Car Caruso missed a bunch. Um, well, not a bunch, but he missed one. Uh, Morris missed a couple. 
besides LeBron James, nobody shot well from three. And um, it's rare to see LeBron go out there and be six of nine from the three-point line as well. So there was a lot of missed opportunities on wide open shots that led the Lakers to trail for most of the game. And then once they got it tied or once they took the lead, not being able to hold the lead because they're still missing these wide open looks that they're getting. Um, and then let's go ahead and discuss how this game ended. Um, that play as a whole was, <laughs> was as bad as J.R. Smith for getting the time on the shot clock. Like, or on the game clock. Um, (laughs) I see a lot of people, a lot of people are just going after Danny Green. And that's been, that's been all season, honestly, them going after Danny Green because he hasn't been as consistent as he's been throughout his career to this point. Um, But in that game, towards, towards the end of the game, LeBron James became reluctant to give the ball to Danny Green in general. There's that one play that I specifically remember um, where LeBron got double teamed and Danny Green was left wide open and LeBron looked him off and passed it to Caldwell Pope, who was contested, but was able to knock down a three-pointer. So I knew from that point that he was already reluctant to give the ball to Danny Green. But in it, and also another thing, a lot of people were, of course, mad at LeBron for not even going up with it when he got in the post and kicked it out, which is something that I've always had an issue with, but I know that that's who he is. Um, Like, I've come to grips to that's who he is when it comes down to these uh, final moments in games. And you can say it was the right basketball move. Like, that can be argued whether it was or it wasn't. But him giving the ball to Danny Green, Danny Green missing the shot, look, that happens. But the fact that Marquise Morris was able to get a rebound and then was like, hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw the ball into the stands. Like that, that was ridiculous to me because there was so much that he could have did with the ball at that point. He could have kicked it back behind him to Danny Green. He could have um taken the shot. You only down one. Yeah. It was a wide open that. jumper. Or he a wide open 15 foot jumper. Or he could have just made a better pass to Anthony Davis. Or LeBron was LeBron was also wide open. Like LeBron was wide open. Um, like so, I actually want to talk about the lead up to that play before I discuss that play. Um, so the first thing is you have this really intense battle that was starting to go on between Jimmy Butler and LeBron James um, in that fourth quarter. Uh, It it was very, very intense. Um, And I'm glad it kind of got back to that because what allowed the Lakers to get back in the game and close that lead and take the lead was for whatever reason, Miami's uh, seven deep rotation that only has one person that can really get their own shot um, decided to go about eight possessions of, almost all ISO from everybody but that person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and that led to a bunch of uh, Los Angeles fast break opportunities, which got them back in the game um, and got them to take the lead. 
Um, but then it becomes the uh, Jimmy Butler and LeBron show again. Um, so they're trading baskets back and forth. Uh, you know, LeBron had an amazing and one that I'm still not entirely sure how he even got the shot up. Um, even on the replay, like it looked like the shot got blocked and it was spinning backwards and it looked like the Lord himself was pulling it up to the basket. Um, <laughs> so it was a very, uh, very like wild kind of play. Um, but then, you know, Jimmy Butler comes back and, he, and he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. And um, so at this point in the game, it's 107 to 108. Uh, so right before that last possession by the Lakers, 107 to 108, uh, they come up the court. Uh, actually, they came up out of the timeout. Uh, give the ball to Jimmy Butler at the top of the key. He has Marquise Morris on him, who was uh, barbecue chicken all game. Uh, when he was on Jimmy Butler, uh, but they have Marquise uh, Morris on him. Um, they come and they set a screen for him, um, and Marquise Morris gets lost. He gets lost on the screen, and if you go back and watch that play, before Jimmy Butler even gets to the rim, Marquise Morris has, had already given up on the play. Like, his hands were up. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like he had, he had the same look that Iguodala has every time he fouls somebody and is trying to pretend he didn't, um, which is every time he fouls somebody. <laughs> um, so that leads to Jimmy Butler going, uh, literally, uh, right to getting right to the rim, unimpeded. Anthony Davis comes over to try to block the shot. He's jumping across the lane. Um, bam, you get a foul. Uh, which after the game, Frank Vogel complained about, which I don't understand how you can. Yeah. Um, he was like, Anthony Davis was perfectly vertical. Vertical. Well, you can't jump to the left vertically. I don't know. That's not really how that works. So, <laughs> so um, but, you know, Marquise Morris, so he blows that play. That play probably shouldn't have been that easy. The only saving grace was it happened so fast and it was so easy that the Lakers get the ball with, what was it, 16.8 yep. left on the clock. So enough time for a whatever you want uh, possession-wise. Um, LeBron drives to the goal early in the shot clock. He has defenders draped all over him. He makes the right basketball play. Um, because in that moment, uh, not only did, did he have three draped over him, but he also had Bam come in to – uh, protect the rim uh, coming over. And so it, I don't think it was even a makeable shot. Um, and I don't think the, the point isn't whether it was it, it's, it's not, it. yeah, it's not whether or not, yeah, that's not the thing that that's not the people that, that's not the point that people are making, but I do need people to understand, like, as great as LeBron is at basketball, LeBron does not really have a lot of offensive moves. LeBron's a beast. Like, he's more athletic than you, he's bigger than you, he's faster than you, he's stronger than you. Like, everything he is better than you at. He's great at passing, um, he can read the floor awesomely, he can make shots, but he's not a player that is, I'm going to get whatever shot I want because I can create space, right? Um, 
And so, like, a lot of people were like, oh, why didn't he go for a step back? I mean, how many step backs do you see LeBron shooting? Like, he's not, that's not his game. And so, yeah, he kicks out to Danny. That's absolutely kicks, not the argument to be made. If there's an argument to <laughs> right. be made, the argument is he should have been, he should have been trying to draw a foul. If there's an argument and, to be made, that's it. And yeah, may, so maybe, maybe he can draw a foul, right? Uh, he, has not been getting a ton of calls this series. No, so no. I can understand I can understand why he would be reticent to even do that. Um kicking out to Danny Green wide open was not the wrong play um to me. Danny Green, especially with as much time left on the shot as you have. Uh if it's absolutely the last shot of the game, then maybe I feel different. Uh but it wasn't. Um because Danny Green shot the shot the shot and the Lakers got the rebound with six over six seconds left on the clock like 6.5 6.8 something like that um and that's where Markeith Morris you know he pulls down the rebound and I am I'm terrified at this point because he's in wide open space Danny Green still that shot people say oh Danny Green missed a wide open shot it wasn't a wide open shot it was open for the situation but that closeout that that Iguodala had he got a hand right in his face but he flew by him, and so when the rebound came, Danny Green is now open again. Yeah. And and Iguodala is not in a place to recover at this point. Uh-huh. So if he comes back and contests another shot, then we got to talk more about Iguodala as a <laughs> at, at this age. Um, but uh, Marquise Morris doesn't make that pass. Um, LeBron open. Le- LeBron James is wide open, uh, about ten feet to his right. Uh, 18 for a wide open uh, mid range jump shot, easy shot for LeBron, uh, a shot that he probably takes right there. Yeah. Um, because it's an in rhythm catch and shoot mid range shot. Uh, and more so because he understands the situation with the, uh, with the correct, you know, with the time on the clock. Uh, correct. Uh, and then you have Anthony Davis um, kind of being sealed away by Andre Iguodala trying to be uh, down, uh, or was it who was on him? It wasn't Iguodala. Did Andre Iguodala end up back down in the post trying to fight for that rebound? Because I feel like it was Iguodala on that play that was on that ended up somehow uh, down it? there. It may have been. It may I, have I been. believe it was. Um, and we we'll look at it's not. It's not important. Who it was. Yeah, it was somebody that was significantly smaller than Anthony. It wasn't Bam. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so I think. Crowder was trying to maybe lob it up to AD. The problem was AD was on a complete opposite side of the basket that he lobbed it to. What really looked like happened was he couldn't decide whether or not he wanted to throw it to LeBron or Anthony Davis. And so he threw it in the middle of them and was like, one of y'all go get it. And nobody was there at all. And he throws it right out of bounds. And then uh, you still almost get the inbound steal. Yeah. Um, you still and I, almost and I, think, I think he gave up on the steal too quickly and just fouled. Uh, I want to say that was Caldwell Pope. I yeah. feel like he he had a, a real chance, but um, when he first hit it, he just oh I didn't get it. I'm gonna foul instead of fighting for it a little more. Uh yeah. So I mean at that point you know Tyler Hero secures the ball, knocks down two free throws. It's game six, and you know here we are. I'm running around the house uh, screaming like a maniac. Well, not actually, I was just jumping up and down because uh, people were sleeping, and so I, I didn't want to wake nobody up. But I was doing a whole lot of 
running, jumping, and stomping. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, now it's a three-two series, and um, you know, we both predict predicted this in six. But now, I actually do feel like Miami can get Game Seven. I mean, Game Six. I, I feel like they can get Game Six. Um, I think that was a really disheartening game. Not for, it's not going to be disheartening for LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's never who you have to worry about yeah. in these scenarios. You never have to worry about your stars. You have to worry about your other guys, right? Um, and then you know Miami. I mean, yeah, Miami, they see their other guys. Their other guys got a whole bunch of confidence from this game. Um, you know, everybody that played, played well. They played their role. They played well. Um, and you saw the Lakers. You saw uh, LeBron and Dwight Howard get into a little mini altercation mid-game. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think I pointed out to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You saw... Um, Danny Green have a terrible game. Markeith uh, Morris have re- some really terrible moments. Yeah. Uh, KCP was kind of like the only person that was there <laughs> uh, really for was. them. Uh, and I wonder how much you're going to get from those guys now at this point. Um, and will it ultimately matter because LeBron and AD can be so dominant? if they can get it clicking at the same time, I don't know. Anthony Davis is a little bit hobbled. Um, that, that heel is an issue. This is, I think four games this series, he's kind of gone down on that. Um, and so I, I don't know that the Lakers close. I still think the Lakers win the series, maybe in that game seven, um, triple overtime. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I do think the Lakers do still win this series, but I do think that um, it's going to take like some serious heroics from LeBron and AD. And I don't think that you get LeBron and AD in desperation mode until game seven. Like they're not going to play. They're not going, you're not going to see LeBron and AD looking like Jimmy Butler was looking uh, at the end of that game last night where he's, you know, hunched over everything on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, they're not going to do that knowing they have another game. And I think when you do get that in game seven, they're going to win. But I don't think they're going to give you that in game six. And I don't think your your role players are going to give you enough um, because I do think that they're, that game could probably just demoralize them. And even more than that, uh, some of the rhetoric after the game was a little disheartening to hear if you're a Laker fan or just a fan of team sport. Because LeBron, he <laughs> LeBron, and he doesn't do this often, but he really threw Danny Green under the bus in that interview he said you know i made a pass to a player that we trusted yeah uh, he said tr- he said trusted he never says that uh he usually says to a player we trust when yeah. in those moments he said but he said we trusted <laughs> um and he didn't come up for us and that to me that is 
could be a little bit of a fracture there in in the locker room. And I just don't think that that bodes well for a game that's going to be, you know, two days after the first game. Um, So I, I do think that they lose tomorrow night and we do get a game seven, but I do still think they take it in seven. And I see it the opposite. I don't see um, anybody on the Lakers team outside of maybe Marquise Morris, Kyle Kuzma being demoralized just because everybody else has been there. Rondo's been there. Danny Green has been there. Like those are those are guys who have been in this league a long time and been on this stage before multiple times. Um, and I think they understand what it is that they have to do, but also what it is that is expected from them, from a LeBron James, especially when it's not that much. Yeah. Um, I think LeBron calls out and, like you say, throws Danny Green under the bus like that because he feels like that's that's how you get Danny Green to respond and to play better. Um, And out of a Danny Green, I can see that being the case. The other thing is, though, I don't think it matters because I think you don't think LeBron goes out there and <laughs> and gives you that game to where he's just leaving it all out of the leaving it out all out on the floor in game six, and I think he does. Um, just because for one, you can't trust game seven because anything can happen when it's literally just one game, you know. Mm-hmm. I told you, I told you, uh, what the mm-hmm. yeah, I told you yesterday, like. This whole series, my thing has been anything can happen but get to a game seven because I don't think the Lakers won a game seven. That's interesting um, because so the other thing is I I don't know mo- how much LeBron James can – how much better LeBron James can play than he played last night. True, but – I don't game know game. how – I and, and um, Anthony Davis also was no slouch. Um, he was better. 28, 12, two or five from three, three blocks, three steals. Uh, he had a great game. He was hobbled a little bit, um, a little, but when he was in the game and he was able to move around, he was very effective. I, and he can obviously play better. Um, but then it becomes, if, if the Heat are playing well as a team, can your two guys beat that team if you don't get a lot of help from your role players? Like, because they're not going to – I don't think LeBron and AD are going to come out and give you 40 each. Um, you know, they. I think they might give you 70 combined, right? But then are you able to get 40 from your other guys? And ho- or or is your defense going to be stifling enough to be able to hold Miami to where all you need to score is a hundred points to win a game, another game? And I don't know. They've done that once this series. I don't think that they are able necessarily to do it another time. Um, so it's going to be interesting, uh, especially. And the reason I said I don't think LeBron goes out and leaves it all out on the court in Game Six is because. It's tough. Um, I, I think it, it's so tough being so cerebral. Uh, I think he very well may be looking at it like, 
okay, I played as good as I can play. I ain't give. I don't think he gave all the effort he could give. Yeah. But he played as Especially well defensively. Yeah, but I he, brought that up to you during the game as well. How a lot of that stuff on defense early on, even late, because we thought he was going to turn it on late. But even late, he didn't really become what we thought he was going to become on the defensive end. It was really, uh, I'm just going to, you know, I'll let this go. I'll let that go. I'm not going to try to get this rebound. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get this block. But it felt to me, and it really did feel to me like he had to carry so much of the offensive burden that he didn't want to burn that energy on defense. But also, the plays where he was burning energy on defense and guarding Jimmy Butler, he couldn't. And so I think he realized, okay, this is futile right now. Like, it, it doesn't make sense for me to waste his energy when he's this hot. And so I, I think that that, um, that may have played a factor into it as well. I do think he turns up the intensity some, but I just – I still don't necessarily know if it is enough. Um, and if I'm LeBron, I'm going out, and yes, I'm trying to win game six, but I am not – debilitating myself for a game seven uh for a possible game seven um especially if you know you get to another situation last like last night where you got to come back down from 12 you know 13 14 points against that team so if they gotta if the game's close all the way and there's a chance to to seal it at the at the end then maybe you see lebron go out and just go all out for that last you know, five, six minutes of the game. But if if Miami gets any sort of decent lead, I kind of expect that that game gets punted to game seven. And then they say, well, we got the two best guys in desperation mode. Um, that That is – and that's going to be fun to watch because greatness when it's desperate – is probably um, the most exciting thing to watch in sports. Um, like me being a, a Kentucky fan, the year that uh, <laughs> the year that we lost to Frank Kaminsky, we went thirty-eight and one, and and that team was so dominant. But you know, if you go back and look, that team definitely had games where you know they could have lost, but they realized, oh, we might lose, and then all of a sudden nobody could do anything or stop anything because they locked in and the Lakers, if the Lakers lock in like that, they're going to, I don't think Miami can beat them, but I don't think that they, I don't think game six, they'll be desperate enough. I just don't. And it's definitely going to be interesting to watch because we see it completely opposite of each other. I absolutely think that tomorrow night, uh, LeBron James is going to step onto that court and try to have, uh, 25, five and five, you know, before halftime, he's going to go out there and be aggressive in, in his own right. And then as the focus closes in on him, trying to get everybody else involved. And then it comes down to if everybody else is hitting their shots or not, can you get Danny green? Like you said, Danny green, Kyle Kuzma, um, Rondo, can you get those guys to give you, 40 points, 30, 30, 35, 40 points. Um, and if they get hot early on, then that's a great sign. And then LeBron can, you know, kind of reserve himself just in case, oh, well, 
you know, these guys are rolling right now, but let's let's back off a little bit just in case it still doesn't go our way. But I think he definitely comes out in that first quarter trying to be ultra aggressive. All right, so let's jump into week five of the NFL schedule um, and pick our games for this week. Um, let's start with the Colts and the Browns. Um, what did you say? Colts were plus one, minus one? Uh, Colts minus one. So basically a pick game. Colts uh, lightly favored, super lightly favored, almost as lightly as can be. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a pick them game. Um, you want to give your pick first? Uh, sure. The Colts defense has been playing lights out, um, this season so far, but their offense hasn't given them much of anything at all. Um, I think that the Browns, with all that talent they have on offense, they can find some holes in their Colts, um, defense to put up enough points to where. The coach just can't. <laughs> the coach just can't score with them. So with twenty-one, Cleveland gets twenty-one points. They probably win this game. Um, so I'm gonna roll with Cleveland. <laughs> um, so I actually, I think I also want to roll with Cleveland, but something is not allowing me to. Oh. Uh, Maybe just because the Browns. I don't like. Yeah, like it's gotta just be because it's Cleveland. Because like everything says uh, that they should win this game. I mean, you said the Colts haven't been great offensively. I mean, they're averaging twenty six points a game. They're only allowing fourteen points a game. Um, and even though the Browns' rushing offense is amazing best in the NFL um I think the uh the Colts defense might be right up there in terms of best in the NFL and rushing yards allowed um yeah they're fourth in the league in rushing yards allowed um and that's behind the Seahawks, who you can't run on them because you're always down 20. Um, Tampa Bay and uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, so, I, I man, you I actually gave your roads as the best corner against Odell, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, and the rest of those guys. Um, sure, you do. Uh, but again, <laughs> also. Best passing defense in football right now uh, is the Colts, and that's not that's not going up against who? I mean, listen, (laughs) all you can do is play the teams that's on your schedule, man. Okay, this Um, is a whole lot different than what they've played so far. You you are you are absolutely right because the teams that they have played have been the Jets, Jaguars, Vikings, Bears. Yeah. So nobody who gonna do nothing crazy offensively. So this will be their first test. As 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 lights out as as they have been on defense, this will be their first real test. Uh, whereas the Browns have played um, some opponents that we think are good, um, and come out of it uh, also three and one. So um, 
definitely um it, I definitely do think that it is uh the Browns game to lose. However, I just can't pick them. So, uh I'm going to go with the Colts. Uh all right. Uh, Sunday night football, Vikings against the Seahawks. Seahawks minus seven. Uh, Seahawks minus seven. <sighs> That's a big line, but the Vikings have been a tire fire this season. Um, you know, I. I don't think they got it, bro. I don't. And the Seahawks are just playing too well. Russell Wilson is playing too well. The Seahawks as a whole are playing too well. I do think that the game may end up close. And so I might be willing to take the points. But Minnesota's definitely not winning. Yeah. But do I want to take the points here? Um... I'm gonna still I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Seahawks even with that spread. Even with that seven point spread. I think I'm gonna take them because I just do not think that uh the Vikings um you know the Vikings kind of hang their hat on their defense, right? And the lowest point total that they've given up this season was 28 to the Colts. Yeah. Um Everything else has been 30-point games and a 40-point game. And so I think that is going to be the case again. Um, but unlike uh, a Green Bay or Tennessee, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Minnesota can put can hang 30 up on the Seattle team, even playing from behind and having to throw a bunch. Um, so, and they're just, they're not, uh, they're not passing the ball well very much, uh, no, very well this year at all anyway. So even with them having a throw from, uh, you know, having a throw and, and play from behind, I just don't think they got the firepower to keep up. And I think that Seattle runs away with this one. Uh, so I'm going to take Seattle, um, even with that spread, and I, I do actually think Seattle probably wins that one by like twelve. Um, I think Seattle will win. I think the Vikings will cover. Um, Seattle's defense has shown a of uh, 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 not being capable to guard anybody. Uh, Dallas ran completely through that secondary like it was nothing. And I can't remember who they played uh, even before then, but their their receiver, uh, their corners and their safeties haven't really been able to uh, cover anybody at all. So it's really going to come down to how much, how successful can Kirk Cousins be with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen? And uh, even though this part is going to be really difficult, how much they can get out of Dalvin Cook uh, running the football, but I think I think Adam Thielen and um, Justin Jefferson and uh, these other guys that they have, I think they're going to be able to give them enough 
to be able to keep this within a touchdown, even if it's at the end of the game. You know, one of those we cover it at the tail end of the game just because we've been throwing the football a ton trying to get back into this game. Uh, so, yeah, I think Seattle wins. I think the Vikings are able to cover, though. Um, Monday night, Monday night football, the Saints and the Chargers. The Saints are minus eight at this point. Saints minus eight? Yep. Uh, I'm going to take uh, – I'm the Saints are going to win this game. Uh, but I am going to take the Chargers and the points. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to take the Chargers and the points. I have I have the spread on this game being Saints minus seven and a half, um, which I still think I would take the points. I don't know. Uh, that's right. That's kind of right where I think this game, I think this game is like a seven point game, but I might be willing to take the Saints to cover if that line's seven and a half, but if it's eight, then no. Uh, But I think I'm just gonna, whether it's seven and a half or eight, I'm gonna go with Chargers plus the points. I am going to take the Saints. I think this ends up being the best game they've had since week one. Um, not only is the Chargers down three important, their three best players on defense, but uh, they're going in with a rookie quarterback who Sean Payton and the Saints have had their way with over the years. Um, and no Austin Eckler, so there's no run game either. Um, and it seems like the Saints after last week are already getting healthy enough to look um, how they will at full strength. I think that's still probably be minus uh, Janoris Jenkins for sure. Um, but Jerry Cook, Marshawn Lattimore, even Michael Thomas look like they're on, um, they're on pace to play Monday night. And I think that'll be too overwhelming for the Chargers, uh, especially with that defense being able to play well, uh, and once again, they, them having a rookie quarterback. So I'm going to take the Saints. Um, the last game we're taking is the good old Tuesday evening game uh, <laughs> between the Bills and the Saints. <laughs> it's not even Tuesday night. It's Tuesday at 6. Like, <laughs> Oh, dog. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't have a spread. Um, uh, let's see. Spread on this game. Uh, there is no. There is no line. There is no. There is no line. Oh. <laughs> and you know, like, I'm. Honestly, not even positive that this game gets played. Um, I think tomorrow will be when we definitely know. <laughs> I kind of um, think they see a testament, like. But let's do uh, a different game. 
Um, you got Vegas Raiders. Rams, that's Washington, it. Broncos, Patriots. Um, that's gonna. <laughs> The the best game that you have left is in, in terms of looking at the records of the team. Ravens, maybe? Oh, is Vegas Chiefs. Vegas is Vegas is five hundred. Chiefs are undefeated. Um Bengals gotta lose everybody everybody else is a winning team playing a losing team or two losing teams playing. I think that's the more compelling matchup, though. It's big with Ravens, even over Kansas City. Why? That, why is that matchup compelling in any way? Because we all know the Raiders not good. I mean, <laughs> we could go. That game gonna be like forty-two to thirteen. We could go Panthers, Falcons. That's probably gonna be a. a a meaningless but a better matchup than than the fucking <laughs> Bengals <laughs> Bengals Ravens Baltimore gonna stop a mud hole in Cincinnati Eagle Eagle Steelers Eagle Steelers especially with uh, the Steelers getting seven the Steelers are minus seven in that sure game. sure we can okay we can do we can go. <laughs> God, um, this is a terrible week of football. I might not even watch football. <laughs> uh, I, I might. <coughs> All right, so the last game we're picking is Eagles-Stillers. The Stillers are minus seven in this game. Um, How do you see that one playing out? Um, <laughs> I think that you actually do have a close-ish game. Um, the, the way the Steelers are winning games is, you know, they're, they're winning games kind of mostly with defense, um, with timely defense. Uh, and so they're not, they're not having, they don't have any any big runaway wins for them to have, like for them to have a spread this big exactly. when the only time they've beaten anybody by more than seven um this year was the Giants. Oh um, I, I don't I don't see it. And I, I do think that the Eagles are a solid team. So I I just think that they have other than the, the Redskins matchup, um, you know, they tied the Bengals, which was Concerning. Yeah. Uh, they beat a depleted 49ers team, um, which you can't take a lot from that. And they lost to the Rams, who I think are a better team. So I, I think that Philadelphia loses this game, but I do think that uh with the seven point spread, I'll take uh I'll take Philly. Uh Philly got their first win last week. They riding hot, bro. They they uh leading the NFC East. Um they gonna come out uh I don't know, bro. They I 
they're gonna lose. Uh, but like you said, there's no reason why Pittsburgh should uh, be minus seven in this game. Uh, I don't know what that's based off of. Uh, and even with Philly's losses, I want to say they haven't lost by much in any of these games, maybe one game. Um, because uh, of course they got a tie, and then uh, that that Rams game they they lost by eighteen. They lost by eighteen to the Rams, and then and then they lost by ten to Washington. So both of their losses have been double digit losses. Yeah, like you say, we agree. The Rams are just a much better team. Uh, Washington. Yeah, Philly was just a dumpster fire. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like you said. I think this is not high scoring at all, and it's going to come down to Pittsburgh winning this with their defense. So I can, I can definitely see uh, Pittsburgh winning, but Philly being able to cover on that one. Hey everybody! If y'all made it this far, we greatly appreciate y'all listening and uh, checking us out. Um, we did run into some technical difficulties uh, this time around. Uh, we're sure y'all that that will be cleared up by the next time we sit down and do this around Tuesday. But once again, thank y'all for listening. What's up, everybody? Check out Friendly Fire every Thursday as we discuss the latest and most intriguing topics in sports. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at Friendly Fire 08.